I'm a reasonable guy, but I've just experienced some very unreasonable things. Hey, everyone. Daniel. Hey. We're about to do an episode of Very Unreasonable Things. So today it's going to be me and Daniel, and we're going to be continuing our underwater movies. Uh, Yes. This week we're going to be talking about Leviathan. So not as quite on the nose as underwater, but... I was hoping there was an underwater two out there. Right. So, Leviathan. Had you had you seen it before we did this episode, or before we had wanted to watch it? Uh, yes, I had, but the name sounded familiar, and uh, I was like, "Man, that that definitely rings in my mind and tickles a memory." But I just couldn't remember. The only thing I did know is that it was underwater, and um, but when I started watching, I was like, "Oh shit!" I remember seeing an underwater uh, monster movie with RoboCop in it. So, and, and I remember uh, the, uh, your, your main female role. Yeah. She uh, was in the flash TV show in the nineties. I remembered her and I was like, Oh man. Yeah. And then you would, uh, so yeah, I was like, Oh yeah. I didn't remember barely shit from it. You know? Yeah. About how long but, uh, ago? When did you first see it? I mean, how long ago was that? Oh, bro, it was. I mean, because I remember like my mom and dad watching it. This wasn't a situation where it was like, uh, you know, the brothers wanting to watch something scary, yada yada. Like this was yeah. just a movie they wanted to watch, and we ended up renting it and watching it. So I mean, I was probably eight or nine. I mean, I was four when it came out. It was eighty nine, right? Yes. 1989. Man, you are doing so much of my job for me this episode. I love it. I know, right? You've already talked about a couple of the actors. You've already named I know, but I left Ernie Hudson for you. (laughs) I don't know what that (laughs) man was in, this Ernie Hudson you speak of. Yeah, so. I think this is the only movie he was ever in. He just made a big impact. You're right. Um, I saw this movie when it was, it had to be, what year did Roadhouse come out? Was it 89 also? Uh, it, I think so. Yeah. That would make sense then. So I saw if this it wasn't 89. It was 90. It was. Saw, uh, yeah. All right. So I saw it as a double feature at a drive in. I think oh, it was in North okay. Carolina. It was at a flea market. You know, the outdoor flea markets used to have the drive ins. You put the little radio inside your vehicle. Um, you know, it was something, I guess drive ins were cheaper. I'm, I'm assuming I don't know. But yeah, we had went to the flea market and we went and watched Roadhouse. And then the second movie in that double feature was Leviathan. Uh, it had been a long time since that's, I think that was the only time I actually saw it. I just, for whatever reason, forgot about it. Hell, it didn't even register with me that it was Robocop in the movie until I went back, you know, and was like, hey, let's watch Leviathan for this episode. And then when I pull it up and I'm like, oh, dude, there's Peter Weller. I'm like, wow. 
And then it's like, wait a minute, Colonel Troutman's in here also? Yeah. So, and then, yeah, then on top of that, you got Ernie Hudson and you got Daniel Stern. Yeah, I mean, it, it's actually for the 89, it's fucking loaded. Yeah. It's stacked. And then, like, you have all these actors that had done all these great things and the director was kind of, he, I don't want to say prominent, but he had done a movie. He had done two Sylvester Stallone movies. He had done Cobra and then he had done uh, Rambo first blood part two. Oh, now, a lot of people, I mean, a lot of people know those movies. I, I think people probably more fondly remember Rambo first blood part two. I don't oh, know. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. Is it necessarily reviewed that great? But we, you know, we talked about Cobra and gave our thoughts yeah. on that. It was way back. That was our first episode, Cobra versus Commando. Or Commando yeah, that was the first Cobra. episode. Yeah. So Those yeah, the good old days. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Leviathan, like you said, 1989. It was directed by George P. Cosmatos, and who had done Rambo: First Blood Part Two, and then Cobra. Uh, starred Peter Weller, who we all know from RoboCop. Uh, had Richard Crenna, who was. Colonel Troutman in the first three Rambo movies. Amanda Pays, like you said, was in the Flash TV show. Yeah, I don't really remember her for much anything else than that, though. That was pretty much it. Like, I think there was another show that she was on. Uh, yeah. Daniel Stern, who I'm sure everybody remembers as one of the wet bandits from Oh yeah, Home Alone. Or and, the Sticky Bandits. Yeah, and then there was other movies she was in. And then, yeah, you've got like Ernie fucking Hudson. city slickers. I mean, that yeah. I love the city slickers. Oh, no, I I like like, I've watched it recently and it holds up to me. Like it brings me back. I, I very much enjoy the city slickers movies. Yeah. I like city slickers also. Um, and then Ernie Hudson, who was in Ghostbusters one and two. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So there was some star power here. Then you have Stan Winston who designed the creature and did the, effect, you know, the, the creature effects. He designed them for this movie and, Stan Winston, and you had mentioned earlier how the movie reminds you of Aliens or The Thing. Yeah, and, and this I do know. Yeah, yeah this, Winston, and this is why it reminds me of yeah. The Thing. Yeah, Stan Winston did the effects on those movies. And yeah, the before you get to the final form of the creature, there's some very serious The Thing vibes going on. Oh, for sure. I mean, like to the point so much. Say what now? I was just going to say in a good way. Oh yeah, and it's funny, man, because you this you never hear this whenever people are you know throwing out classic you know monster movies. Yeah, you know, and uh, it, it's not like I watched it and I was like, oh my god, I forgot that this is one of the greatest movies ever made. You know what I mean? But I did forget how much I liked it when I did watch it. You know, and how much I remembered of it. You know, carrying on because. Uh, there is a scene with the with the cut on the hand. Yeah, and I fucking thought that was the. Th- I was waiting whenever I revisited the thing for the first time in a while several years ago. I remember thinking that there was a hand situation. Yeah, and there wasn't, and now I know why because there is a little bit of blending in there. If you've seen both of these movies, and it's been a while, and you're trying to think back on how those movies went. I could see where someone would get a little confused. Yeah. And you know, uh, before we move on from it, just to also, you know what else Stan Winston done? What? The Terminator movies. How many of them? 
I'm not sure. Did he do both of them? Or well, I'm, when I say the Terminator movies, I mean part one and part two. I'm sorry. Oh well, I mean there's fucking ten of them, so yeah, I know. <laughs> you got to clarify. Yeah, I, I immediately like after you said which ones, I'm like, oh yeah, wait a minute. Yeah, I say I think it's the third, first two. I might be wrong, but he also uh, Jurassic Park. Oh shit. Yeah, so I mean, like this guy was attached to some big fucking movies. So, Leviathan, 103 minutes long, couldn't find the budget numbers on it, but it did 19 million dollars at the box office. Uh, Not half bad, but I'm kind of surprised. I I don't know. I feel I feel like with the people in this movie, they would have done better. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why people didn't watch it. You know, I don't know. You would think that it um, would have done better because what year was uh, the thing? Um, that was early '80s. I thought it was early '80s. I was gonna say, I'm not positive on it, but my guess was gonna be like '83 or '84. But the thing had not done well either. Yeah, but the point I was getting to, and when was Alien and Aliens? Um, Alien was like 1979, right? And Aliens... Oh, shit, I didn't know. It was 70s. Was Aliens like 84? I'm not sure. I'm not sure either. But the point is, is that the way that I look at it is, is there was a little bit of a, uh, a surge of monster movies like that, right? Where you got shit busting out of people's fucking stomachs and you got these, f- f- you know, freaky things happening. 1986 for Aliens. I was right about Alien. Alien was 1979. Sorry. Aliens was 1986. Okay. Um, hell, it's funny because that surprised me. I thought that it was like early 80s. I didn't know it was late 70s. Um, but maybe it was a situation where, you know, people are like, oh, another one of these movies just underwater. And then... It felt like it was riding the coattails of the success after, you know, given a little bit of breathing room, of course. But still, people were just, you know, not that interested in it. it. And maybe, like been. Josh says sometimes, you know, he'd be like, well, hold on. What all happened in 89? 89 might have had a, a lot of competition when it well, came out. That's what, I was, that's what I was going to get at is I think there was three movies, three movies that had similar settings that all came out like relatively close to each other. So you had this, you had the abyss and then you had deep star six. Oh, the abyss. That's, that's the other one I was thinking of when I was thinking of like, there's people are seeing some of the same things and they get a little tired of it. Um, and unfortunately that will kind of put a little bit of a damper on how good a movie could be, you know, like, Cause I enjoyed it, you know. So it is odd to see that low number, and I'm sure it was about probably five. I'm sure it was five million, six million to make it. Not sure. I, would think. Um, I mean, you would think because I mean the, you know, since we're talking about it, well, I, I guess let's let, let's run down the plot real quick, and then we'll talk about it. Yeah, what the hell movie are we even talking about? I've heard yeah. us say something about underwater a couple times. Won't yeah. you? So, won't you uh, let let me know? Fill me in. It was an experiment that tampered with nature's most basic laws. 
It went terribly wrong. It was buried five miles down. Now, a crew of undersea miners is about to stumble upon this terrifying secret. Shack to seven. What's going on out there, Williams? My God, are you picking this up? Look at that. Leviathan. Currently with the Russian fleet in the Baltic Sea. Currently it's rusted junk and we're looking at it. What's your air reading? 20 minutes. Do something quick. The Boston. My crew's in jeopardy. But you have no proof. I'm ordering you to start an emergency medical evacuation. What if it turns out to be nothing? Oh, it's already killed one man. I'm losing compression. I can't breathe. Whatever got six-pack in Bowman, it's still here. I feel something. Somebody's alive in here. What's going on? Six-pack. Six-pack, answer. trying to tell us, Doc. It absorbs the intelligence of its victims. Thank goodness you're still alive. When are you coming? I say we protect ourselves. Leviathan. Leviathan um, is a movie about underwater and here's going to be the similarities to alien, but it's an underwater mining team. They're working for a corporation. They're blue collar. Yeah. They're, they're all, you know, under the sea, you know, mining minerals or whatever. And they come in contact with an abandoned, well, I won't say not abandoned, but a sunken ship. I, I don't know how you would abandon something underwater, but a, a sunken ship, um, kind of like how the crew of the Nostromo, you know, it interacted with the ship on the planet. It was LV, whatever the numbers are. Uh, similar thing, but they bring back a contaminated substance. Um, Daniel Stern's character, Six Pack, is the first. He ends up. You know, mutating the creatures born, um, kind of similar to the thing to where in that movie, the thing could assimilate humans or animals or whatever, kind of a similar setup here where the creature could infect other people and then it would turn into one of them and they would kind of meld together, which was another similar thing from the thing. Yeah. Um, but anyways, you have, you have this creature going after these people, um, the captain's trying Peter Weller's character Beck is trying to contact the, the company they work for and like look you know we got to get out of here it turns out he has an evil boss and they're like oh we can't pick you up because there's a hurricane so it's going to be 48 hours blah 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 she keeps doing whatever then you have <laughs> keep referring to your fucking how to manage for dummies book <laughs> yeah right then you have the the one of the characters comes to the realization like, Hey, this ship that we found wasn't sunk by somebody else. It was scuttled essentially, you know, it was sank on purpose yeah, to prevent the, to prevent this mutation from spreading. And so he makes like your, what is supposed to be perceived as like, you know, like, Oh man, he just fucked everybody, but he's making the right choice. 
technically. Like he's making a choice to save everybody by sacrificing everybody that's in there. So he sends all these yeah, save everybody away. up here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, by sacrificing everyone down there. Um, but you know, Peter Weller's like, nah, buddy. I've already died <laughs> in another movie where I got shot if, the fuck up. It's not happening again. If we got to go through this, the whole world's got to go through this. Right. So they end up killing the creature and they float up to the surface. They think they killed the creature. They float up to the surface. Uh, creature pops up at the end and then Peter Weller and um, the Amanda Ray's character or Williams escape to safety. So there's a lot of similarities to other movies, and we'll talk about it as we go through the movie. But just right off the bat, what I wanted to say was the sets in this movie look good. Yeah, the movie looked good. The props, I mean, yeah. the effects, it looked good. Like this looked like a station that had been in use. You could see like wear and tear, and it looked lived in. Uh, it, it, sometimes you watch a movie or you watch one of these movies and. The sets just look like they're put together. So, you know, it's like, okay, here's where we're at. So, and it feels kind of lifeless and empty. But, yeah, this felt like something that people were in, you know, know, like the food trays and shit like that. It looked like a place where somebody had been there for a while and these people were living in it day to day. Yeah. And, like, you could see the, the staining on the equipment, just wear and tear. Like, good looking movie. Yeah. As far as like the sets go. Exactly. The only thing that was bad looking in the movie was, oh, I'm not saying the only thing. I'm sure there's a few fucking fine tooth comb, you know, it'd be whatever, but there's, it did mostly look good. Like I agree with you mostly, but, uh, the, whenever they show the monster at the end, like in that daylight, yeah, it looks, it looks a little, a you know, it looks a little fake as fuck yeah. at that moment. Well, and that's getting more into special effects, and we'll talk yeah. about it too. I was just more talking about like the set. I'll tell you uh, something else that I like what the movie done just right off the bat isn't, and we'll compare it to Underwater since that was the last movie that we talked about. You know, and one of our complaints about Underwater was the characters didn't feel fleshed out, and you get more character from these these characters or you get more personality from these characters in like the first 15 minutes of this movie than you did the entirety of underwater. Yes, exactly. And that's the importance of having some fucking, uh, some chit chat, some bullshit, even as something as simple as them having a little meeting. Yeah. Then you can see how everybody interacts with each other. A few people say a few different things and you learn so much from these people. And you got, um, you got personality traits. Too. Yeah. Like people had to find, aside from that one character, uh, was it TJ Miller in underwater? Yeah. Like nobody really had a personality in here. Everybody like you get personalities. Daniel Stern's a pervert. Like we yeah. get that. Now that one, a pervert one, asshole. Yeah. That one gets kind of, you kind of groan eventually. Cause you're just like, ah, oh, God. But then you have the dude that's like, he knows all the little, uh, passages from the rule book and everything so when he tries to use it to his advantage like ah this is against me you can't do this blah 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 uh, you've got Peter Weller who's um, obviously struggling with management but then you find out he's not a manager he's just a fucking geologist uh, you have a doctor who you you think is kind of shady at first but then actually turns out to be pretty solid yeah uh, and smart like said, yeah 
you have all these characters that have these different personalities and you see that like in that first 15 minutes. Exactly. And that's the issue with like new movies versus old movies. Old movies, yeah, you're going to be introduced to your hero, but sometimes you don't know who that is because you're meeting several people, you know? But in newer movies, it's like, well, let's get them, you know, knowing the character. We want to go because they're trying to make everything so fucking deep. Yeah. You have to have 15 minutes at the beginning instead of developing your other characters to 15 minutes of developing your main character because they have all kind of other things deeper going on and you want to feel with them and this, that, and the other. I know it sounds like I'm going directly against underwater, but a lot of newer movies do that. And that's whenever you have people that are like, there's no character development for your side characters. Yeah. If you're not going to develop them, why the fuck are they even there? Or they want to take that time. They could be using developing these uh, secondary characters and just try to have cool shots. Yeah, like, like let's spend all this time doing these sweeping shots and blah blah. Yes. blah. like like there's nothing wrong with that, but like you've got to have you've got to have character development. And I, exactly, and there is something wrong with it whenever you have focused on it. Oh yeah, like, it's your only you thing talked you're doing. about, huh? I said if it's the only thing you're doing, like if you're just if it's just like a bunch of cool, essentially like a Michael Bay movie, right? Yeah. Where it's just like, man, how many cool explosions can we get? How many cool like setup shots can we get? And then it becomes at the expense of character story. development or story. Yeah, yeah, like that's exactly right. Like if me and you were like right now, like, hey, dude, let's uh, let's collaborate and write on write a underwater movie, right? Yeah. But then we start talking about. When we're like, oh, no, man, it'd be great to have a shot of a shark attack. It'd be great to have a shot of just underwater with this, you know, their station and having these different fish float around. And we want it to be this color with this. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you're you're thinking about design. First things first, you need to come up with a fucking story. And sometimes it does come across with that. And even sometimes it seems like they'll write a movie, but really they're just writing a, a main character and they're yeah. building a movie around them, like building a story around them. I know I keep saying movie, but you get what I mean. They yeah. build a story around the character. And if you do it right, that could work. But most people don't do it right. They're like, this is what I want to put out there that this character is. Why not just come up with a story? Well, I think, and let and me make try. yourself a good character. Let me try this and see if it makes sense. Like, I've, yeah, I think you're you're hitting on something. Like a lot of times, it's like okay, we either we're gonna like we have this character, so we're gonna have this happen to him, or or it's like here's what we want, not necessarily the story, but like here's like the the point of this movie. Now let's just build around it. Whereas, and and I'm probably saying this wrong. I had it, it like. Literally 10 seconds ago, it made more sense in my head when I was saying it. It's like with this movie. Let me try this. With this movie, it's like we're watching these people in their everyday lives, and then this thing happens. So yes. the story happens around these characters. So it's like, okay, we have these characters that are fleshed out, and now this extraordinary situation is happening to them. You know, how does this play out as opposed to like, well, hey, we've got a situation, and we're just going to throw these generic-ass characters 
at it. So the the movie doesn't start with the situation. It doesn't start with like this because like underwater it immediately started with the hap whatever happened. Like it was from the jump, it was about the explosion. It was about like all this shit happening, and so the characters didn't feel alive around it. Whereas here, you get you get the characters first. You get these living, breathing characters, and then you have this plot device that happens, and we're able to move forward from it. Yes. And it's funny because if you look back, you see a lot of 80s movies did that, you know, where it's like they explored those things first and made it kind of fun, you know, and then shit starts to hit the fan and then you have to, you know, figure out what the hell's going on and then you find a way to stop it and then you try to stop it and you either stop it or you don't and it's the end of the fucking movie, you know? Yeah. But a lot of fucking, a lot of people have kind of, well, a lot of movies shot away just, from that. Yeah, they go straight to the they go straight to the point, and and then there's no like development. Exactly. Like I can I can think of another movie just off the top of my head, and I'm sure we've mentioned it before, but maybe not in this sense. But like, if you look at something like The Goonies, right? Like you have these kids just essentially living their lives and yeah. planning like their last day together or whatever, you know, before they'll have to move, and then all of a sudden, now I know you do have the police chase that happens, but you have these other things going on that set up these characters and then the, and then the plot happens around it. Yeah. One thing that the movie does that I, I like is that it takes its time also. So, and I kind of made some notes when I was watching it. It was like to when certain things happen. Yeah. Just to get an idea of like how long into the movie. But you don't really get like a hint of trouble. You get a hint of trouble, but then it turns out to just be like a, a red herring because it's not the trouble you thought. Because you, you get like the 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 underwater base or whatever you want to call it. It's making like some groaning sounds, you know, like it's having structural issues. Yeah. To where it makes you think like, oh, shit, you know, if, if you don't know what the movie's about and if you've never seen it before, it's like, you know, maybe this is going to be what's happening, you know, like it's getting yeah. attacked by something. Cause you know, it's called Leviathan, you know, it's a, a creature feature, essentially. Maybe yeah. it's something outside. It's attacking the ship. Um, even at the beginning when you have the character like flipping the fuck out in his suit. And it turns out that that was just to establish that the doctor wasn't on hand. And then that, you know, Peter Weller had some issues with like being an authoritative figure, which even play into the part where you know, like his, his boss keeps telling him like, well, it's your call. And you can just kind of see him back down on things. Yeah. But it, it wasn't, there was a slow build to the shit hitting the fan. Yeah. And it's funny because that's another just nice thing that, that they did is just, they're not in a rush. They're doing their thing and the shit's going to happen when it does happen. And it's a nice flow. So, yeah, <laughs> you do see some similarities, like just right off the jump with Alien. Since you brought it up, you have the the characters that are. I think at one one point they they are talking about their pay, but then they're also just kind of complaining about doing work. You know, and they're like, yeah. "Oh, well, you know, we're gonna go do this unless you know." And Alien was like, "Well, we're not gonna do this unless we get a full share." Here it's like, oh, well, the union rule book says blah, blah, blah. You know, and then Peter Weller has to, or Beck is like, well, hey, I was thinking, you know, if we 
went ahead and did this today. I could just give you tomorrow off. And they're like, oh, wait, yeah, we'll do that. I like the idea of being off. Exactly. But you can see that like when a character, um, De Jesus has his little issue, you know, he's calling for the doc and the doc doesn't show up, you know, and he tells Ernie Hudson's character, um, Jones, he's like, I'll deal with this. And then you very clearly see that he doesn't really deal with it. Yeah. Like he's definitely, um, not comfortable in the position he's in, you know? Yeah. Maybe possibly, you know, uh, promoted too early. I don't even know if it's just a matter of like promotion as much as they just put him in the role. Cause you get the feeling when you hear him talk about it, you know, he's a, he's a geologist or underwater geologist or something. I don't know. And when they get back to like regular diving. Yeah. But like you, you feel biologist. like he was put in that role because they knew they could walk over him. Yeah. Control him. Yeah. And then, you get the you get the character interactions, you know. So you got like Daniel Stern's character, who's a pervert, you know, and doing things that wouldn't fly today. Like you know, he would be fired, and then oh yeah, you know, probably have to register as a sex offender because he like it's a little overboard. Like it does go like a little far. It yeah. seems like, but like you can tell his character's a jackass, and I guess another almost red herring type thing is. Like when he uh, plays the prank on um, Williams and he puts the little spider creature in there. And it, yeah. you know, it kind of looks like a face hugger, but it's not. Yes. You know, she, she kills it. And it's like, you know, why the fuck would you bring that on the ship? And, you know, why would you play a prank on that? But then he gets mad when she pranks him back, even though the thing is dead at that point. And, you know, yeah. And then he, like, you know, it's funny because. You are right with him. Like it's, he's so overboard with everything. Like even in 1989 standards, you're watching this movie. Like, good God, this fucking asshole needs to die now. Right. He needs to be the first death. And thankfully, he was. Oh yeah. But yeah. So, but the the prank does. I guess that's what gets us to the part where you know we have all the things that happen happen. So yeah. they end up having to do some duty, and they go out and. I did he fall because his foot was hurt or did he just take a bad step? I can't remember. I know he was complaining about his foot being hurt. Yeah, I think that he probably took a bad step. So he falls possibly because he was already had a, it was hurting him a little bit, so he just didn't step right on it. Or because he's a dickhead, who knows? Probably so. Probably <laughs> just wrote it that way because he was an asshole. So so he falls. You know, it doesn't get hurt or anything like that. He just falls and he disappears, and so Williams goes to find him. And they end up on the Russian ship Leviathan. And, you know, she goes in looking for him. You know, there's no communication. You know, it's set up to make you think like something's going to happen. There's going to be, you know, somebody's going to die here or something's going to happen. And it doesn't. Yeah, something Um, got him and she's going to. Yeah, see it and go back to the ship type shit. They show some restraint and it just turns out he finds like a chest, you know, Full of stuff. He brings it back and they open it up and, you know, there's a bottle of vodka. There's a flask in there, which he sneaks out. Oh, yeah, um, he's keeping that for himself. Yeah. There's the captain's log and there's some other items in there, you know, yeah. and then Peter Weller confiscates the vodka, the bottle of vodka anyways. 
um, locks it up, you know, but doesn't see Daniel Stern or see six pack when he pockets the flask. You know, six so, pack. I love that name. <laughs> right. So they, the crew comes together as a bonding experience to break into Beck's, you know, office or uh, quarters and steal the vodka, which, you know, because ultimately he's just like a regular dude that was thrust into a management role that he wasn't prepared for or qualified for essentially, you know, he takes the vodka out of the bottle and replaces it with water. Yeah. But Daniel Stern's got the flask. And so he drinks from it. And apparently the other girl knew about it too. Yeah. Uh, She, I guess got, uh, I forget what it was. I don't know if he had, she saw him or if she, cause she, or did she go see him afterwards? Well, she went to and his knew that he probably kept something better. And then he shows her cause she yeah. kind of knew. Yeah. Cause she's like, Bach is my it. favorite drink. Yeah. Yeah. And so he, he drinks from the flask and it, you know, she does and, too, right? Yeah. She, yeah. He pours her some. So hold on one sec. Um, Oh, yeah, there was a weird transition. Um, they freeze on the safe. It was just a weird screen transition. Did you notice that? Uh, you'd have to elaborate more. I watched it just, it, like, it, like, it, was, it was almost like watching a, a made for TV movie where, when, you know, oh, like, yes. Focus it's, on it. Like, it's the only transition in a movie like that. It's funny that you say that. That completely reminded me. Because I remember uh, thinking that same thing. It's like, that was weird because it's like we just went to commercial and like came back. Because it's like um, real abrupt. Yeah. And they go through, like, while he's, uh, like, drinking from the flask or whatever, they're also going through, you know, or I think it was before then, but they have, like, a little thing. And you find out that the doctor can read Russian and a bunch of other languages. And he starts reading about, like, you know, all the people being deceased. Um, and then they find out about genetic mutation. And then you get, you know, like, the crew going on and doing whatever. Um, Six-pack drinks from the flask. But then also... <laughs> Because it was just a funny moment to me, like the dude tanning. You saw that, where he was tanning, what like just his face, tanning? his face and his arms. And because the the one the one woman was like, you know, like when you go to the beach or something like that, you know, the rest of us not going to be tan. I think she said beach or something, but she had pointed out the fact that he was only tanning like his face and arms, and yeah, and he was just like, oh, well, you know, I hate sunlight or whatever it was. It's like, then why the fuck are you tanning your face? Yeah, seriously. Then what does it matter? Fuck it. Just stay pale, bro. Yeah. So you get like, um, you get a Daniel Stern six pack. He drinks from the flask and and he starts having a skin rash. You know, he sees the doctor and I think we have like the first like interaction where, you know, Bex is talking to the boss and you know, like he expresses that he wants to kind of leave and she manipulates him. He's like, well, it's your call, but, um, you yeah. know, 
and he's like, okay, you know, we'll, we'll stay on there. And then six pack is dead eight hours later. Yeah. He's fucked. Yeah. So at this point it's 46 minutes into the movie. And the only death that we've had so far is from a skin rash. It's not even from, it's not even from like a creature kill or anything like that, which for me was no problem. I liked it. I liked the pace we were keeping. I liked the fact that this had kind of happened. Yeah. You know, you have him, you know, dying and then the boss is delaying the pickup and, you know, finding reasons to keep him on the boat. And then, like I said, you start to see that the doctor isn't the ass that we thought he was. But, and I guess even before like a six pack had died, because, and I'm just, I shot ahead too fast. We have that um, interaction where Peter Weller's character, Beck, goes and works, you know, cause you can tell like the crew doesn't really have respect for him yeah. at this point, you know, cause he's the boss and you know, so they're doing all this manual labor and he's not apparently, but you know, they're like, Oh man, we're not going to make quota. And if we don't make quota, they can, they only have to pay us half of, you know, what we made or something like that. And, you know, Ernie Hudson's kind of like, what are you doing? And he's like, well, I'm about to go to work. And so he gets out there and he works with the team and yeah. You know, he, you can see it. You know, it kind of pays off. The crew respects him a little bit more, but he's starting to establish himself as a leader too, because it's, you know, once things happen, you know, he becomes a stronger presence and you can, he has like that character arc where he's taking on more responsibility and he's, you know, developing a backbone essentially, you know, which pays off in a very, un, like it's a very cliche thing in eighties movies, but not the way it happens. And we'll get there. Yeah. So, uh, so you got six pack is though he has died from the the skin rash, and then you see that um, Bowman, which was the girl who you know had gotten the vodka from him, she's got the skin rash now, and it's contagious. And they notice that well, it's yeah, she got it from the vodka, uh, the vodka though. So it wasn't that it was contagious; that she drank from the same flask. Yeah, and you know, the guy sees it and he's like, no, stay here, stay here. You know, he goes to get help and she just fucking ups and leaves and goes to the shower and kills herself. So at this point we've got two devs. Yeah. And none of them are slits the wrist or some shit. Yeah. And none of them are creature kills. And you know, they're trying to kind of keep the, uh, the, uh, keep it all under wraps from the crew. But you know, eventually like when she dies, they have to kind of like, they point it out because they didn't tell her that, uh, or tell them that, um, Six pack had died. They'd kept that from him. Yeah. But now it's like, okay, well now we got two people dead. We can't really hide this. And you, now we're starting to get to the creature. Cause now they're coming out like the dead bodies and you start getting these special effects and the special effects are very thing like. Yes. That's what we were talking about earlier. Same guy, you know? Yeah. And see, I could get that. I mean, yeah, you'd want to try to, you would want to try to make sure you're doing different things and this, that, and the other, but I could get that you have your own style of doing things. So I could see where somebody could fall into that, but you would think that you would um, try to keep from doing that because yeah. it is very similar. Yeah, very, very similar. And there's going to be multiple instances. Like you hit on it earlier. So when there's the cut on the hand, it has the mouth in there, which is, you know, when in the thing, you have the mouth and the stomach. Yeah. 
but then also when this creature before it takes like its final form and this this one didn't make sense to me in the sense like it went through all these changes and then this final form is this fish-like creature but in in the process of getting to this final form it's like when you watch the thing and you see it it's like a uh uh like a a a combination of just like different you know people and stuff you can see like their faces and it's kind of this formless mass yeah and it very much has thing vibes and then like i said the special effects are spot on and and I don't think I'm going to be telling off on myself. I enjoyed the movie, but I do think it was, there were parts of it that were too much like the thing. So it's almost like, you know, you could just call this the thing part two thing underwater or something. Yeah. And it's like when they go to dispose of the bodies and they're like, they notice that the bodies are moving. They're like, oh, they're alive, they're alive, they're alive. And then and this is where we see the, the guy gets scratched in his chest yeah. by it. And this is where we see like another like similarity to the thing and it it's transmitted, you know, through like contact like that. So they get the body after it starts attacking people, they dump it into that little elevator or whatever. And it cuts off an arm. Yeah. And apparently that arm is all it takes. And so it's once again, like another similarity, if you don't completely kill it, well now it's able to survive. And then out of this arm, you know, grows this fucking worm or whatever. Yeah. Like you said, another similarity. Because they fucking go to get rid of it the best they know how. The arm, you know, gets cut off and starts doing its thing. All in, all while the one guy's keeping his scratch a secret. It's like, it's always those guys that make it worse. Be like, hey, look, guys. Just keep an eye on me. Eye on me. I'm gonna write some things down for my family, but I'm pretty fucked. I'd rather you find out from me than whenever it bursts out of me or some shit. <laughs> so even now we've got like the creatures like happening, right? Even yeah. now the movie's still like we've only had an attack. We haven't had a death yet. We still you don't get that first creature death until like one hour and one minute into the movie. No. So. The movie was, I think, how long did I say it was? 103 minutes? Yeah, I think so. Or 101. 103 minutes. So 103 minutes. Um, so that's what, about uh, an hour and 42 minutes. So at this point, we've got 41 minutes left before the first de- you know, death happens from the yeah. creature directly. But even before that, we get more character, almost like development, right? And in... And as you can tell, like these characters are feeling the pressure, but then they're still trying to be there for each other. So they're they're all like dealing with this in their own way. And you know, Ernie Hudson is not, um, or Jones is not accepting of the way De Jesus is coping, and so he flips up his fucking puzzle and smashes all his hard work. Yeah, but then he even comes back. Up. Yeah, but then comes back and he's like, "Hey, man, you um, you don't make me do this puzzle by myself, you know." And they reconcile, to make it right. Yeah, and it's it's a nice little moment with the characters because a lot of times you, you know, you know, once things start happening, you don't always see that in movies. With it almost becomes like a nonstop rush. So even here, it's able to still slow down and like show how these characters are coping with like these extraordinary situations that are happening. Exactly. 
even after all the character development they have done with these characters, they stop to have just a little bit more to make you care for these people even more. You know, and that's what it's all about. Because then, whenever these characters start dying, you do care. Yeah. And then we finally get our first creature death, and it's De Jesus. And yeah. that worm like goes into his chest, which I thought was pretty cool. I thought it was a cool special effect. Yeah. And you have Jones who, for a change in a movie, does the smart thing. He locks that fucking door, and he quarantines that man. Yep. Um, He's like, fuck that. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately for him, though, the creature has incredible strength, and they smash the door. Yeah, like it's nothing. So, and then, and I guess, depending on the movie, because you see it, you see it two different ways with these movies. There's that the type of movie where everybody's in denial about what's happening, or they just don't realize what's happening. You know, people are slowly getting killed off one by one. Or you have the movie where people are like, oh shit, this is happening and we got to do something about it. And this is falls into that latter category. So they like, they know that like there's a fucking creature on board. Uh, they know that there's genetic mutation going on. You know, the doctors, you know, already talked about it, you know, and they're deducing like how things are happening, you know, and it's like, oh, it's from the vodka. And you know, this is how it happened. Um, yeah. And I can't remember who pointed it out, but they're talking about like, you know, well, it would, you know, for the Russians to be vodka and it might've been Jones, but you know, like for us, it could have been something like coffee, you know, you would give it to something that everybody uses. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but can you have Poor this Russians? Huh? Wasn't it Russians in uh, the thing too? Uh, man, if you wouldn't have said, I could have told no, it's, No, I don't think it's... Hold on. I'll look it up while we're talking here. I was just making a side joke. It's like, damn, in the 80s, you know, they're really hoping that monsters have wiped out the Russians. Oh. And then whenever we get we step up to the monster, it'll take out a few of us, but we're going to take care of it. No, it's Norwegian. It's a- Norwegian on the thing? Yeah, it was the Norwegians. I knew it was something. I just couldn't think of what it was. <laughs> I guess the foreign guys in the snow, mid-80s, made me automatically think Russian. Yeah. the, the This other scene, though, that just stood out as being weird to me, and, and I don't know like how you felt about it, but they had this weird, almost like gearing up scene, like you've seen in Commando or, you know, just whatever. It's like they're strapping weapons on and shit. Yeah, like that's whenever it's like, okay, you know, all right, this is, there's some of that 80s feel, like a little bit of that 80s cheese. Yeah. Because it's like, and which I keep talking to you like you can see me, and I keep forgetting you can't see me because I like to talk with my hands and moving around. But uh, it's like they'll they'll swing to one side, like twist to one side. Yeah. Be perfectly in camera. And then they'll hit that little, they'll hit the button to where like the circular saw fucking spin. All right, this works. And they have like they very like what five different things, you know? Yeah, they have like the very precise and like stop movements where like 
if you're like you know like in an action movie where they'd like strap the knife in it would be like yeah, and you exactly. would see it like where it does that pause like after they lock it into place and this is like why you know everything was going so good and then you put this in there and it, I mean it doesn't ruin the movie but it's not needed it does take away yeah. from it it's it's kind of it stupid. It does seem like in that they're flow and flow and flow and they're like, well, look, we have to have one of these scenes in here. People love that. <laughs> right. Uh, and they're like, okay, well, let's do it whenever they're getting ready to fight this thing. Okay, sounds perfect. It's like they let somebody see a cut of the movie and they're like, what do you think? And they're like, well, I think it's fine, but um, if you really want to send this movie over the top, we've got to have a scene where they um gear up. Yeah. And they're like, I don't think. And they're like, I don't know if that's really necessary. And you're like, no, 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 you misunderstood me. If you want me to fund this movie, they got to gear up. And I'm like, all right, producer, you got it. Yeah. So, you know, we got the characters gearing up and all that. And, you know, they have a a meeting and they're talking about everything. And the creature's getting bigger at this point. It like attacked a med bay and um, gotten into like the blood and the plasma. And they're like, oh, yeah, this is causing the creature to get bigger. And Ernie Hudson's Ernie Hudson or Jones's character Ernie Hudson's character Jones is like oh so you like we got a Dracula on our hands so and which I thought was funny like we were calling it a Dracula instead of a vampire yeah I know right that goes back to that Homer uh, that the the Homer situation calling everybody Everybody's by their calling movie titles hard. yeah yeah. But it's funny, man, because uh, that's something else that's interesting about this monster is that it goes after that blood once it gets somebody that knows where that would be stored. Yeah. Because it, t- it, it takes the memory of whatever it uh, it takes yeah. over. And they'd, and they'd said that, too. Like, it was absorbing. And I always like, liked that. The intelligence. Yeah. So then once it gets in the one, the first person, it's over with. It knows a lot. And then it just learns more and more as it absorbs more. Yeah. And at this point, we, we have another different, but still like, it's almost like, oh man, this is another thing you took from the thing. So we're using blood for the creature. So yeah. I know, uh, like in the thing, you know, they were testing the blood. I don't know how, yes. you know, McCready, a helicopter pilot came up with that blood test. But anyways, we'll save that for the thing episode when we finally do that. But here, instead of testing, because it's not a matter of like, you know, who's infected because they show signs. It's it's not like this is a covert monster. It's if you get infected, like you show signs and you can see it happening, but because it's attracted to the blood, they're like, well, we're going to use blood as bait. And then we're going to try to uh, get rid of this creature the same way that we did originally, but we, you know, fucked up and left an arm behind. Yeah, you can't leave an arm behind. Yeah. So you've you've got uh Jones and Beck, who is sometimes called sometimes called Becky. Um by Jones. I think and Daniel Stern's character said it too, and then I think he had uh, put Daniel Stern's character in his place. Yeah, that sounds like something that old six pack would say. Yeah, old crazy six pack. But while they're going to going to uh, try to you know, take care or deal with the creature, you know, doc whose name in the movie is doc. Like when you look in the credits, it's just doc. Yeah. Which I like. It's just simple. Yeah. Like, that's what everybody calls him. That's what he refers to himself as. Fuck it. That's all we need to know. He ejects the escape pod. So no one can escape and, and risk bringing, cause like I said, they'd already established and they already had this conversation. Like this is a, 
mutation and that the sub was sunk for the sake of the planet or human race or whatever, because if this shit got topside, like how do you contain it? Exactly. Cause it'd be a pretty quick sacrifice to, like you said, save the, save the uh, mini. Yeah. So he does what, you know, technically is the right thing, but. And a brave thing. I mean, yeah. just think about it, man. That's, that takes a lot of bravery to be like, look, we got to do this. We can't discuss this. We have to do this. Yeah. And this dude's condemning himself to death also. And he knows. Exactly. It. So it's not, even though he's, it's portrayed like, and I don't get this because it's almost portrayed like as a selfish act, but it's not. It's like the bravest choice that any of them could have made. Yeah. And, you know, comparatively speaking, you can make the argument that, you know, Beck, Jones, and Williams are being selfish trying to get to the surface, knowing, like, how this spreads. Yeah. Seriously. How do so, they know they're just breathing? They they just think that it's through the blood and through contact. How do they know that that shit ain't airborne? Yeah. So yeah, he like I said, he he makes a valorous act and he, he ejects the pods and no one can escape. Um you know, Beck consults with Martin, which is the boss, you know, another time, and he's like, Look, I'm making a call now. We gotta escape. And she's like, What's well, your call? But and you know, there's a hurricane and it's turned right toward you towards you and and then somehow cut off access to the the weather reports, which the I'm I'm assuming that there was internet at this time, you know, um, maybe for uses like this. We don't, I don't know exactly when it came about, but they've got some pretty sweet internet down there. Like they're getting full on fucking video calls. Um, they're checking the stock market. They're we- reading weather reports. Like there's not a lack of information in this movie. Oh yeah. They, and, they got that, that like, 10x fiber optic shit down there. They got the good stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, they, they're trying to find out though. Well, I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> let me not, let me not jump too far ahead. So they're told that like, okay, it's going to be like 48 hours or so because of this hurricane. We can't rescue you. Uh, and Cobb, that was the guy's name that was tanning his face. You know, he, he's the one that got scratched. Yeah. So he finally turns like it's been a minute, right? He turns and he ends up infecting doc. Yeah. And see that guy's the, uh, the cob or whatever. He's the, uh, chest explosion, right? Yeah. He's the one that's like, um, you see like his whole body pulsing or whatever. Yeah. Why he's still alive. Like his, like the other ones happened when they were dead. His happened while he was alive. I might be why it took so uh, long because he was still alive and it took a little bit longer to really well, take him and that's, over. That's what I was going to get at. So, like, his takes a minute, but Doc's happens, like, almost instantaneous. Because that's, um, that's when you see the hand in the mouth, right? Is when yeah. he, attacks, uh, he attacks Doc. And then Doc immediately is, like, fucking mutating. And so they're separated. And at this point, you know, you got the other three who are, um, they're, they're trying to find out information, you know, trying to figure out, a, you know, a way, like, how are they going to survive this? Like, we need to evac, you know, 
but we don't have any escape pods. You know, so at this point they're thinking the only way that they can get out now is if, um, you know, somebody comes and gets them. Yeah. So and so hide and shit. Beck is trying to check the weather report and somehow they've been denied access to the weather. But then Williams is like, Oh, I'm going to check my stocks. And, and I know what she did was clever and like, and how she did it was clever. Cause she's like, okay, this isn't going to be like restricted information because this is just going to be like regular ass financial news. And so she looks it up to see if there's any kind of like statement or whatever, essentially. And she finds yeah. out that like, Oh, this, this, uh, group of miners has been declared dead and it has the names and it's all theirs. And they're like, Oh, they have no intention of saving this. And now we got to find a way out. Yeah, seriously. And so you have the creature that, you know, damages at this point, the creature damages the, uh, like the air and, you know, they're in this big, like underground, like station or not underground underwater station. I don't know why I said underground underwater station. So it could be anywhere, right? Air is pretty important. Except that Cobb had that area that, you know, he never fully fixed, you know, for, job security which was alluded to earlier yeah so and then they're like oh well the creature's trying to draw us out you know because it's using the things they had learned you know from yeah. these people that it had absorbed or taken over and then you you start seeing these doors that are closing automatically you know so they're they're on their way and they're trying to to get to wherever their destination is which i'm assuming is where the dive suits are and these doors start closing and it looks like it, they're really hard to hold open, right? Like it's only something they can do like briefly. Yeah. Until they get to the one that Ernie Hudson holds open for like 30 fucking minutes. Yeah. And no problem. Just, yeah. He's just, his legs and his arms like wedged in there and he's holding his bitch open. And they're taking their sweet ass time getting through it. Oh, yeah. Because you had the part of the platform that falls and then Beck goes back to save Williams and he drags her up and then they get through finally but you just like I, I know it's supposed to be suspenseful but it was almost like it was too long yeah but they were trying to it, it was a little long but they were trying to drag it out well it also gives you a gives moment but it yeah. just went a little too long with it and it gives you the sense too that those doors aren't going to be really that like you could almost just like put a pillow in there and you could stop the progress. But, uh, but anyways, they, they escape and they get to their, their suits. Cause you know, at this point, like I said, the, uh, the system has been damaged. The air has been compromised. The, the pressure's dropping and there's going to be an implosion. Like this whole base is going to blow up. So they're going to die. So they have to do something. So they're going to use the dive suits and these, balloons or whatever to you know shoot up towards the surface and then they'll decompress in the suits and then get out of them yeah and you have the at this point you have like the creature attack and we've talked about like we talked about the sets and we've talked about the special effects and you talked about it during the daylight but i'm gonna say i just i did not like the design of the final creature it looked a little too hokey for me yeah and and like I said, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense the transition that the creature had from where it started at, where it was in the middle, and what it ended up. Because there's like there's no semblance of this fish creature that it ends up being 
at all. And if this is just a mutation that, you know, scientists were working on or something, then why would it be a fish creature? Yeah. Which I mean, I mean, to me, it is kind of random, like you said, because we're going from trying to be some, some type of humanoid blob type deal to all of a sudden, um, marine life. So it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but if it was a situation where someone had created this thing, they did find it under the water and, uh, in a, <laughs> um, little, I guess it's not a platform cause that's above the water, but you get what I mean. Like an underwater station, you know? Well, it was on a uh, sunken was, was it a sub or was it just a ship? Well, it was, yeah, it was like a sub. It was like a submarine or something like that. But the sub might have been carrying it from some type of underwater operation. Ah, oh, man, I feel like. But then again, I think what makes more sense is that the thing is smart. Yeah. So it fucking knows, okay, they're trying to get the fuck out of here. If I'm going to attack these motherfuckers, my next shift might want to throw a fin or two in there <laughs> <laughs> so it can swim better. I mean, I guess if it's controlling mutation like that, I just, like I said, I just didn't like any, and it's not because it's necessarily a fish creature. I don't want to make it sound like I didn't like it because it was like this fish creature. I just didn't like the final design. I just, uh, it was under face. Yeah. And like the fin on its head. And I, I just felt like it could have been a better design. Like when you see, like when you finally see the alien in alien, you're like, wow, that's yeah, fucking amazing, and you have all the different variations of the thing, in the thing, yeah, and they're, they're all like cool and everything, and you even like have that as they're working towards this final form, and maybe like we use like a Dragon Ball Z reference, right? Because you know that's a show that has a bunch of different transformations and forms, right? Yeah, but all these transformations, and even like when you get to the final form all resemble previous forms. Yes. Even like cell probably had the biggest shift because it went from almost being like insect and in, almost like an insect type thing to eventually just being a guy with got, a weird head. Yeah. When he got the perfect wings. cell, but still there was still like a resemblance of what he was before here. There's no fucking resemblance. Cause like I said, you go from, and like you said, you, you have like this almost blob like creature, like, appendages and tentacles or whatever and like faces on it and then it's just now it's a fish creature and it it was odd like if it was if you were going for fish creature throughout the whole movie then there should have been like some semblance of that and briefly you kind of get it at the beginning when you first see the first form because it's yeah almost like a a a tadpole type situation I don't want to say I mean it didn't look like a tadpole but like a but you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Like it was his first form before it matures. But it's like I said, the journey in the middle is like, well, it's almost like these are the special effects we know. Let's do this. And it made for some cool visuals, but there's just, yeah. there's a disconnect between that and then what you get at the end. And then just because what you see before that, even like when you had the worm, the worm portion of it. And then, you know, then when you move on to like the, 
the formless mass, those were all like cool looking or made for like cool death scenes or something like that. This final fish creature just wasn't cool. It just you know, it didn't live up to the expectations. No, of what it they didn't were building. Yeah, exactly. It didn't live up to what you had seen leading up to this point. So I don't know. I mean, like, how'd you, how'd you feel about it? What'd you think about the design? Well, me, whenever it comes to that type shit, I don't really look too much into the design of things like me. Whenever I've watched it, I didn't, it, a couple times it looked a little goofy, but other than that, like, I didn't think too much about it because it is a melded fucking nasty creature of a whole bunch of different things. You know what I mean? So it's going to be all fucked up and this, that, and the other, but it is weird that, I did notice, like I said, it did look a little goofy because it did go from, you know, looking like it was trying to get to something specific and then it ended up being a, a cross between a piranha. That's why I made the piranha joke a second ago and a raincore or a raincore, whatever the fuck it is. It's about but, Return of the Jedi. Yeah. It's yeah, like the rancor. Rancor. That's it. But, um, but yeah, it's, it really didn't bother me too much, but I did notice that it was goofy, you know, because a lot of the times whenever I watch a movie, I'll try to accept what they're giving to me unless it's shit. And then I start really dogging the shit out of it. But if there's not too many complaints, especially in a movie like this, where there's, you know, mushing together this monster, they can kind of do whatever they want. But yeah, even with that being said, it, uh, Looked a little goofy to me a couple times. Yeah, so <laughs> uh, yeah, the piranha creature attacks, and then you know they they escape, right? And it looks, you know, it looks like Beck isn't going to make it. You know, the other two get out, and then Beck has to stay behind and yeah, kind of fight the creature one on one. Yeah, because he's gonna have his hero move, but you know that he's gonna make it. Yeah, because. Ultimately, there's th- this isn't the type of movie where you're going to have like a, a sad ending or anything like that. Like the hero's going to live and the hero's going to get the girl. Um, yeah. But also because it's you know it's eighties horror, only so many people can live and choose that number, right? So somebody's got to exactly. go. So we get and we one end of up getting. It's funny as hell that they did just then. Whenever you're talking about souping up. Is it always they always do this in movies where they'll take for fucking ever for the first couple, yeah, and then there's zero time for the last person to get their suit on. But the very next scene, you know what I'm saying? It's like they just flash to the monster, flash back to them, and they're already suited up except that. Well, you know, let's call it like it really is. It takes a minute for Williams to suit up. Everybody else is. I said it takes a minute for Williams to suit up. Yeah. The female character. Yeah. Because, you know, she got stripped down to her underwear. You know, it's, it's, they're just trying to get like that sex appeal. So, yeah, they got to show her in her skivvies. Yeah. So it takes her a second, but then it was like time for Peter Well or Ernie Hudson. They're like, let's get the fuck in the suit. Yeah. <laughs> doing? Wear what you're wearing now. Yeah. You don't have to get in your underwear. Just her. Yeah. Yeah, that's a exactly. yeah, that's yeah, a pretty he cliche. He popped on thing. that motherfucker so quick, and then it's the next thing you know, he's done what he's had to do to so, swim up to meet him. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, and he's he's a little behind him, but he catches up pretty quick. Oh yeah, he was hauling ass, and it's funny because that's it. I mean, they got away from it, you know, and the thing is gonna ha- the thing's gonna blow up with the spaceship or the fucking space the the water station. Happy ending. Surely there's not going to be a jump scare in there. Surely not. Oh, wait. Wait, indeed. Cue the random-ass shark attack. Yeah. Like, it's so... Out of nowhere. It's so weird because it's just... And I've, I've got a feeling why I think they put it in there. But it just seems so weird because you got the music playing and everybody's just kind of like, Oh, we've survived. Hooray for us, even though there's no rescue in sight. And then it's like, oh shit, sharks. Yeah, no, it's like, what did we fucking do? It's like, hell yeah, we got away from the monster, but now we're going to be floating out here. And I don't see no fucking hurricane, but I also don't see anybody else. Oh shit, is that a shark? Yeah. <laughs> that quick. Yeah. So, the, yeah, the sharks roll up, and then, you know, then there's the helicopter, and they start shooting the flares to signal them. And here's yeah. why I think they had the shark attack, though, because the sharks leave. And it's yeah. like the sharks are kind of like, because at that point, you're just like, I, maybe they're trying to make you think like, okay, well, the creature's dead. And like, here's some random ass shark attack, you know, just as like a one more, like, fuck you to this group of people, you yeah. know, before the helicopter saves them. But the sharks leave. And then you're like, oh, okay, something's going on, because why would the sharks leave? And it's because Fishman isn't dead, and he comes oh, up no. out of the water, and you know. And at this point, they're at the, they're like, they're at the, the helicopter. Williams is on the helicopter, and you know, Beck is like, no, I got to go back and save him. And she's like, come on, Beck. You know, she's only, you know, thinking about Beck. And Beck's like, no, you know, I got to go back and save Jones. You know, he he held that fucking door for us for forty fucking minutes while you were, you know, doing the fucking you know monkey bars or whatever. Yeah. He's like, so we owe it to him. I got to save him. And he goes to fucking save him, but, you know, to no avail. So instead of saving Jones, and this, God, this was my least favorite part of the movie. Like, yeah. I, I liked the movie up to this point, but he hits this fucking jump shot in the water. <laughs> and uh, it says, say hi, motherfucker. Oh, no, 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 no. He says, say, ah. Oh, say, ah. I thought it was, oh, yeah, I thought yeah. it was say hi, my man. He's oh. like, say, ah, motherfucker. It throws it into his mouth. But that jump shot shit was ridiculous. I mean, the one-liner is, too. But to add that straight jump shot, like, you can tell he straight. And I, I know that you were meaning, like, the basketball term and how he did it. Yeah. But just speaking of jumping, you can tell that the motherfucker jumped off of something. Oh no, I, I meant that too. Fucking, yeah, like, because height. he shoots up. Yeah, he comes up like out of the water, and then fucking hits this one-handed jumper. <laughs> yeah, like it, it I looks- can't swim that well, but I know that even motherfuckers that can swim pretty good can't be floating at the belly button or really like the nipples, and then all of a sudden rocket out of the goddamn. Water to his knees, damn yeah. near it. No one's got that much like thrust capability. And then you know? hit this fucking Magic Johnson jump shot, one handed. Yeah, and then he does the whole where he's. Oh man, it's so fucking funny. But yeah, I was like, oh my 
there it is. Because you can watch a movie from a certain time period, and if it's done well and it really sucks you into the story, you'll forget about when it was made. But then they'll do shit like that, like the montage oh, yeah. and the fucking jump shot one-liner situation. And yeah. it puts you right back where you are. You're like, okay, yeah, this is definitely 80s. Yeah, one line, and yeah, you're right. One liners will always give away like a time period because the 80s had yeah. their one liners, the 90s had theirs, the 2000s yeah. had theirs, and you, and you can tell like the way they're filmed, like you know how cool are they trying to be? Because like you know the cheesy ones, you're like, yeah, that's 80s. The ones where they're trying to be hipper, you know, you're like, yeah. okay, this is gonna be 90s or 2000s, you know. But man, like I said, the movie was so solid up until that point and then that and i'm just like why why and it's not the only one there's one more follow-up which you know the the follow-up one is better than this one say hi motherfucker as i'm doing this jump shot that was atrocious yeah but they get picked up and end up like landing on oil rig and then apparently like martin gets out there fucking fast i you know i didn't even know she was like in the area but like she shows up like as soon as they fucking land on this rig oh she probably panicked when she found out that a helicopter picked up three fucking or two people from a fucking random spot she's like oh fuck we done declared them dead i need to get there yeah but where was she at but like what if like you know was her fucking office just right there on the coast that's what i'm saying Oh, she just lives on a little platform in the area. <laughs> yeah, she has her own little uh, oil rig that she lives on. Yeah. Yeah, so they, they fucking, they're, they've survived. You know, we've lost Jones at this point. Poor Ernie Hudson, you know, just can't ever get any fucking respect. Uh, but he, he made the sacrifice, you know, so we could have that fucking NBA moment, I guess. Yeah. And they're they're on the platform and you know, they're walking arm in arm or whatever, you know, like you know, they found true love in this underwater massacre and now they're gonna live their life happily ever after. But here comes Martin and she's like, Oh, I knew y'all would make it blah and just so fucking insincere and smug and you know, just whatever and you're like, Bitch, we know you've been lying. Yeah. And without and she's like, How do you feel? And without fucking missing a step, just hits her with a right. Knocks her. He hit that bitch. It surprised me because I didn't remember that part of the movie, but it surprised me because he socked that bitch. And it's like, oh, because I mean, any other movie ever, you are expecting um, Williams. Yeah, it would have been the female hitting a female, or it would have been a male boss. Yeah, and yeah, to just sock her ass. I mean, he laid her ass out too. Yeah, I didn't. She's, you know, and he, uh, like, when he knocks her out, he's just, like, better. A lot better. Yeah. And it's like they forgot. Meg Foster. That's that's the uh, actress that played that character. And I don't, I'm probably wrong, but I don't remember Meg Foster in a role that wasn't evil. Yeah. Um, Because, you know, she was in He-Man. And our uh, masters of the universe. Yeah. I don't know if you remember that or not, but like, I only remember her as being evil characters. And I feel like there's, and I'm kind of looking real quick, just scrolling through. Cause she was in, they live also with, I, 
that's something I've been wanting to revisit for past like a year. I've been wanting to revisit that one, but I just haven't. Yeah. She was in a uh, blind fury also. Oh, wow. Masters of the universe was before this, but I think she played evil Lynn in masters of the universe, right? Yep. Evil. Lynn. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, so she plays that role well. It like you know, when you see her on the screen in this movie, you immediately hate her. You know yeah, she's you up to some bullshit. Up to no good. Yeah. And we her. know she's a shitty boss lady, so we're yeah, all right? upset with her. So she can't she can't be bothered with bad weather. Or just, you know, fucking like I don't get, and I guess my, uh, my problem with her not picking them up was these people are all union workers, apparently. So once their time's up, you're not getting any other work out of them. These motherfuckers are just going to sit around and not do shit. Oh yeah. Fuck that. So yeah. what's the benefit of you leaving them out there? You're just costing yourself more expenses. Yep, These fuckers are gonna eat your food. food. Yeah. I think you know, they might they might get mad and you know desecrate the place or whatever. Oh, so yeah. I don't I don't get the the whole like motivation behind keeping them there past their time because they're not gonna do any more work for you. And I get it. It's just, you know, like hey, here's we gotta have a reason why these characters are still on here. Although you could have just not had it be okay, we're getting off of this bitch in three days type thing just take that out and just be like okay we you know we still got like a month to go so there's no reason for anybody to come out here and get us yeah and then at that point you know then like the motivation would have made a little more sense because then it's like well no i'm not gonna fucking come and pull y'all off of here you got a month left to work yeah, exactly so but yeah um that was leviathan so the second movie in our underwater block. And um, we got one more movie after this and that's going to be deep star six. So that was Leviathan. The second movie in our underwater block of um, sci-fi slash horror movies. Uh, the first one being underwater with Kristen Stewart. This one Leviathan with Peter Weller, uh, essentially an all-star cast. And then the final movie that we're going to cover is going to be deep star six. Uh, might be getting yeah, ahead of myself ready for that one. I might be getting ahead of myself. Maybe this should have been the last movie we covered. I feel like this might be the favorite out of the three. I don't know. We're going to get to our rankings, but yeah, before we get to that final episode, we've got to discuss how we felt about Leviathan. You know, how do we, you know, how do we rate it? Yeah, for me, like this rewatch was very uh, pleasant because when we come back to these movies that are, are, are super old or older, you know, sometimes it's a toss up. If it's something you can barely remember, you're like, man, I remember liking it whenever I was seven or whenever I was 12. But years later, depending on how much cheese is involved and things like that, it's like, oh, damn, what? did I think was great film whenever I was 12, you know? Um, but with this one, 
I re- remembered a lot of like good scenes from it. And I was like, damn, this is that movie. And like you said, it's got an all star, like it's, it's got a solid cast, you know? And I really enjoyed the rewatch. Now, as for my ranking on the movie, um, even though I think that I'll be good for another little bit, I might, I'll probably rewatch this movie a couple more times, you know, uh, in the next few years, because I was reminded that, you know, it was, it was entertaining. Yeah. But it still had its moments, you know, it still had a few things in there that kind of count against it, you know? And unfortunately, one of those things is the similarities to big movies before then, you know? And I know that like, I know that in pop culture, and movies, music, and all of that, something huge happens, there's going to be a piece of that in, and I'm referring to Alien there, you know? Yeah. Like, there's going to be a piece of that in the things that follow. Because that's just the way the shit works. People loved this, then the people who are making different uh, forms of entertainment are going to use a little bit of what this magic thing was. You know, so you're going to get what people would call copycat type shit, but you can have an original story that's based pretty closely to it and um, it's still be entertaining. Like I said, it does still uh, count against it a little, but for me, where I landed on it um, was a three, ranked it a three. Nice. Yeah. So I'm with you and it'd been it had been so long since I've seen this movie. And honestly, I think it was, I saw it that one time and just for whatever reason, it just slipped out and, you know, would think about it every now and then, but just didn't go back and rewatch or anything like that. And, you know, and then like I said, we were talking about doing this and you know, we were listening off movies and it's like, okay, cool. Yeah. Let me, let's, let me rewatch this. Yeah. And I found myself like enjoying the movie. It had been so long. So I didn't even like, I had no, like we've talked about this when we talked about shocker, you know, like I have like a nostalgic connection to shocker. Shocker is a worse movie than this. Shocker is a bad movie. I just have a lot of fun with shocker. Yeah. Although I do think I had graded shocker accordingly, but this movie was pretty solid. I mean, yeah, it, it, it's not going to be a four or five, you know, for a couple of reasons. Um, but mainly, you know, mainly because ultimately it's not, like an original movie. Ultimately it is alien or it is the thing. I mean, it is like you watch like said, it. You that s- does take some, a heavy, a heavy portion of points away. Yeah. And not only that, not only is it those movies, but it's also the same special effects, so like good special effects. But if you, if you didn't know any better, you could almost be like, Oh man, is this like a sequel to the thing? When you start looking at the special effects, seriously, so, and you have like a similar premise and things like that, you know, one's in Antarctica or is it, it was Antarctica, right? Yeah. It's Antarctica, I believe. Yeah. I think the original was in the Arctic circle and then, you know, this one's underwater. So you're in like these remote locations with the extreme conditions. Yeah. Strange places. But despite that, you know, one thing that the movie did really well that other movies like, and I won't say cheap knockoff because it doesn't look like a cheap knockoff because it's a good looking movie. Like the sets yeah. look good. The special effects look good. 
and you know they got good actors and that sh- and and not only did they get like good actors, but the actors were given something to work with. So you have these characters that feel alive. You, they feel like a crew. They feel like people that are getting on each other's nerves or their friends and stuff like that. The world feels lived in. Yeah, exactly. And then you have all these things happen. And while not the most original story, it still works. It's still a fun watch. Uh, the other thing, though, that dings it is the weird transition scene where it freeze frames almost. The gearing up scene and then the fucking jump shot with the uh, say ah, motherfucker. Like, yeah. Oh, man. How could I have not done without that? You know? But yeah, I, you and I are going to be like in direct agreement on this because I came in at a three also. Yeah, and it's funny because, like you said, um, it being like a a thing earlier, you had made the joke about like you know thing two, thing underwater or whatever. Yeah, but uh, but you're right. I mean, if if someone were to come in the middle of it after the shit's going down, they'd be like, "Holy shit!" If they didn't know any better, they're like, "This isn't the thing." But did they make another thing? Like back in the day, did they make yeah. a sequel? Someone would legit, or they would know that it was a copycat. You know, as soon as you're like, no, this ain't, this ain't, this ain't a sequel. Oh, okay, cool. Well, then this was definitely after the thing, and they, you know, were inspired. <laughs> so, I think this is going to be safe to say, but between this and underwater, you know, because we did this last time when we did our little block, we we gave like an updated list of each movie, right? So, how yeah. did they sit for you? I mean, I definitely like Leviathan more than Underwater. Yeah, me too. But it's weird because I think that I rated them the same. I think that I rated them both threes. I rated them both threes. Well, I have in my notes, and I have to go back and look at it, but I thought I gave uh, Underwater like a two and a half. Yeah, um, I'd have to recheck myself. But just going off of my very bad memory, I think that uh, I think that I gave it a three. Yeah, and the creature design at the end – um, that was kind of a knock for me too, but yeah, yeah. but ultimately I mean, like it was a fun movie and I agree with you, I, uh, underwater and then Leviathan, Leviathan being the more enjoyable movie, the better movie, like Leviathan, like, you know, and I, I want to say, and maybe there are similar links, maybe underwater is a little bit shorter. I can't remember, but it's how you use that time and the time with Leviathan, like, I don't understand. I guess one thing that just kills me or not, not kills me, but I just don't understand is how you can have two movies take essentially the same runtime. And one movie feels like it has so much more in it than the other. Yeah. Like one of my complaints about Prometheus when, you know, we had watched it originally and we haven't talked about Prometheus on this podcast, but you know, just us talking as friends, one of my complaints about Prometheus was, I felt like there wasn't enough exposition, enough story to explain these things that were happening. And I think it was just like, it was more of that. Let's have some, these kind of like cool shots, these cool scenes. Yeah. When there should have been more story. And so you'll have these movies that like, that can run like an hour and 40 minutes. And one of them will just be like jam packed full of, like content or, you know, just quality, you know, parts. And then others are just, it feels empty almost. And that's how it felt kind of about underwater is underwater felt empty 
almost in a sense. And that emptiness was because of characters and stuff like that. And then here, dude, you're, it's like you're getting a day in the life and then like, Oh, this happens. And exactly. And I missed that drawn out scenes and, um, underwater. Yeah. And that's the thing I'm missing. Like movies is just that kind of feel, you know, it's just like, here's these, and this, and I guess I'll kind of liken it to Stephen King when we talk about writers and we're not talking about like his endings or anything like that. But the one thing that he does really well, and he does other things really well, but the one thing that I think that he does better than anything else he does is he creates characters and he creates a world and you feel like you're living in these people's lives. Yeah. And that's what I kind of get like with this movie and like other movies that I really enjoy, you know, when you look at like, like the burbs, that's another favorite of mine. Like, yeah, it's like you're getting a day in the life and then like, Oh, Hey, here's something that's happening too, by the way. So yeah, I enjoyed Leviathan. I was, I wasn't sure how I'd feel about it because it'd been so long. I'd forgotten completely about it. And then, and I tried not to read up on it before I watched it. You know, I, I'll do my notes so I can talk about it before, but I don't like to look and see what the reviews were. If I have, if I've forgotten about the movie, like some movies we cover, you can't help but to know what the reviews were because they're recent enough or you just yeah. kind of know where they sit in history. Like when we discussed Halloween, we know where Halloween sits. We know where Texas Chainsaw Massacre sits. We know how critics feel about these movies, how fans feel about these movies. Yeah. But these other movies that, you know, aren't as widely regarded that, you know, fall through the cracks and get forgotten about, you know, like yeah, in this case, Leviathan. Movies. Yeah, you're just like, you almost get to go into it you know, fresh and you're not being swayed one way or the other. Coincidentally though, since I brought it up, I will say, so I, was, I did look at the reception. So when you look at it, um, do, 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 uh, on rotten tomatoes. And you know, I know Josh hates rotten tomatoes, but that's the first thing that pops up. It's got like a 24% on 25 reviews. Wow. Yep. And then like a 4.6 out of 10, which I'm assuming is going to be like Metacritic. Oh no. On Metacritic, the film has a weighted average score of 51 based on 12 critic reviews. So Metacritic's probably a little more in line with, you know, where we were at, but like oh, Ryan yeah, tomatoes, middle. Like, 24% man. Like, I don't feel like this is a 24% movie. No. Like, especially some of these other movies that have higher ratings. So yeah, definitely enjoyed the movie. Um, I would, I definitely recommend it. You know, if you haven't seen it, you know, check out Leviathan. Yeah. Like, uh, if you like the, the abyss, if you like, if you like water features and stuff like that and people doing their thing like that. And you also like aliens and, things you're really gonna love this fucking movie <laughs> right but it really was good I am like poking fun still but I really do like it like it was enjoyable it was a breath of fresh air when it was like okay this is actually good you know sometimes when you get into the older ones sometimes they can be a flop yeah and you're just like oh man and I'm gonna take a stab at it and I'm gonna say that Deep Star 6 is not going to be as enjoyable. Hopefully I'm wrong, but I'm just basing it off of what I know about the filmmaker. 
Wouldn't it be crazy if it was the greatest movie ever made? It would be crazy. Um, <laughs> I feel like that's not going to be the case, but yeah. Yeah, I don't think so either. It's going to oh. be funny if it is even more of a fucking ripoff of all of this other shit. Dude, I can't wait. I haven't. And I'll go ahead and tell you, I've never seen Deep Star Six. I actually. So this will be new to me. You know, yeah. I, you know, and it's funny. And I guess, you know, we'll cover this. And I'm sure we've probably talked about it before. But me and you can talk about it real quick. Like, you know, we consider ourselves horror fans. But then when we get to watching these movies and, you know, you and I, when we make our our, our little list of our little projects that we're going to do when it's me and you recording, we try to do things that we haven't seen. Yeah. Or it's been a long time since we've seen. Yeah. So in this case, two out of the three movies I haven't seen and with, with underwater and with deep star six. And I think it was the same for you. And then like when we, yes. the previous block, like those are movies I'd never seen. I think. Yeah. I didn't never see any of those. Either. So I don't believe. So like we consider ourselves horror fans, but then we start getting into these movies and we start watching them. And there's just like, there's a lot we haven't seen, but oh, yeah. this gives us reason. Cause you know, and I know what it is. One's going to be availability of movies. Now, obviously, things are more available now than they ever were. Because I don't know where you watched this. I watched it on Tubi, um, which is you know the, the free app where you got to watch a few commercials you know here and there. Um, yeah. But, you know, if it wasn't for Tubi, then you know I'd have had to have bought this, and you know, which wouldn't have been a problem. But you know, back before iTunes or Amazon Prime Video or whatever, however you purchase your digital movies, you know, how do you find this? Now, you know, obviously you can go on Amazon and you could order like a Blu-ray or something or a DVD or some shit. But even, but like before then, you know, if it wasn't like in your, your rental store, yeah, then, you know, and if it wasn't showing up on uh, like TBS or something like that, it was hard to fucking find and you would miss out on these things. So there's a lot of stuff that we haven't seen and it's nice to be able to get to watch these movies and talk about them. I know that's right. Because, hell, like you're talking about, like uh, some of these movies at the, you know, video store, they wouldn't stay long. They just keep them there long enough to, you know, have shit on the shelves, but you got to make room. Yeah. Or you. Fucking it's time to go. Or you get like the one copy because it's not as big as some other movies. Because, you know, like Terminator 2 came out, you know, they had like 12 copies. Leviathan comes out, hey, we got one copy. Oh, man, that copy messed up. Yeah, fuck it. Exactly. And we rented it. With TBS. Yeah. You have shit that like people are going to want to see. And at first, whenever it's like, hey, the television premiere of Leviathan, whatever. But eventually that shit's going to get moved to three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. You know what I mean? Ain't nobody watching no fucking shit. But like the back of their eyelids, it's three o'clock in the morning. They're not working. <laughs> All right. So anything, any final words, man, before we close this down? No, man. I mean, I think that I pretty much summed everything up. I enjoyed it. It was a good one. I would definitely uh, refer it or suggest someone watch it. Yep. So go watch the movie. Love the movie the way Daniel loved the movie. Um, you know, let us know what you thought about the movie. You, we got the Instagram, very unreasonable things. We got the Twitter, we got our Facebook page. You can reach out to us. Uh, you can find us on those platforms. Um, but you know, we thank everybody for listening. 
I hope you enjoyed it, and we will see you next time when we come back to talk about Deep Star 6. Oh, yeah. Bye.